0: Welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of Speak Up Please. I'm your host, Martin Lovell, and today's episode features my first guest, Karen Wilden. She's a music director for the Canberra Choir, and this is her story. I hope you enjoy. So when you're ready, Yep. Uh, why don't we start from, say, pre-coming out. So what was your experience with that like? Uh, my experience about uh,
1: before I came out, I guess the first thing is that I didn't really get an opportunity to come out. I was actually outed by an anonymous person um, who wrote okay. a letter to my parents.
0: Yeah,
1: I uh, was at the time in a Catholic youth group. Okay, and and had started to realise that uh, maybe uh, my calling wasn't to become a nun.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe there was something else going on.
0: Yeah,
1: and. Um, Yeah, before I got a chance to say anything. The week after I moved out of home so that I could spend time with my very new first lesbian partner, my parents received an anonymous letter telling them that I was a lesbian and I was in a relationship with a much older woman I was living in a known lesbian
0: household. So really, that was how I came out. Wow. So that's a pretty big statement. (laughs) Um, It was uh, pretty hard, yes. So how do you feel about... uh, sort of, I guess, posts coming out now, do you feel like, you know, everything sort of fixed itself in the end?
1: Um, Well, funnily enough, I think the person that I had always suspected wrote the letter Mm -hmm. happened to be at the choir's high court performance last year and um, came up to me after the performance with his wife and just stood there and cried.
0: Really? (laughs)
1: And told me that he loved me and I sort of went, maybe this is the full circle and maybe what I thought, uh, I you know, I suspected for many years was actually the case. And I think for me that was certainly, um, it was the closing of a loop, the tying yeah, of the ribbon around the box to say that um, I really can truly not have to worry or think about that anymore. But yeah, I, wow. wouldn't, I wouldn't say that... Um, I think when I, uh, you know, the period that this happened, that was in the late 80s. Okay. Um, I, I never really, um, I'd just say, I don't think I ever necessarily felt comfortable or, yeah, sure. or felt like that, you know, I was really a, a very strong part of the community because my partner was much older than me, my first partner. Okay. And she was very political and I was not. I was very much into sports. sport. So I was oh, right. I was. I was called by her friends the baby type dyke. So, oh, right. <laughs> you know, I didn't really, didn't really ever get to fit in with that group and no. uh, never really fitted in with the the uh, the sporting people. And so I guess I really found my home in the community when um, mm-hmm. I joined the choir in 1995, in oh, yeah. 1994. So
0: that was actually going to be my first question, but I think we just kind of delve yeah, straight into, you know, pre-coming out, so that kind of thing. Um, So let's talk music. How long have you been involved with um, being in music and eventually becoming the music director for choir? Yeah, uh, well,
1: I started with the choir in... Yeah, I think it was December of 1994 and did my first concert in Sydney with a choir in February of 1995 yeah, wow. uh, and I sang in the tenors and our then director didn't think that women should be pen- tenors so mm-hmm. me and my friend stayed in the tenors just for that yeah. but actually the tenors get beautiful pieces of music to sing so that was easy. Yeah, um, so yeah, for probably most of the last 25 years I've, I've been pretty heavily involved. Can't yeah, have wow. a year off here and there but... Really, that's, that's really been my, my home in the community, I think, It's yeah, where I've made yes. a lot of my um, friends and, in particular, uh, male friends. I would not have male friends if it wasn't for the choir. So no, sure. it's significant in terms of, uh, for me, yeah, in terms of the uh, LGBTQI
0: community, that's probably one of the big things about the choir that I really love. Yeah, so it's obviously been something that I guess you've been uh, brought up with as a kid, you know, being involved with music quite heavily. Oh uh, yeah, both of
1: my both of my grandmothers played piano. Oh wow! And, uh, I used to sit there and listen <laughs> to them when I would go there for sort of school holidays or a weekend visit. And my mother also played the piano. And being oh, okay. a good little Catholic girl, uh-huh. when you went to school in the primary schools, you would go to the nuns to be taught the piano.
0: Yeah. So yes, yeah. it's been there for all my life. Yeah. Wow. So that's good. Um. So the other thing I wanted to say is. Let's uh, do a little comparison. Do you feel there's a difference now, say, 10 years ago before you came out in relation to the uh, community or do you think it's approved? What do you feel could be different in terms of how it is now?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, the community is so very, very different to when I came out. Yeah. I think when, um, well, <laughs> well, I suppose like after I was outed, mm-hmm. um, I think that, when you know in the late '80s, really, it was the uh, lesbian community that was when Tilly's first, you know, opened up and used to have its yeah. uh, private functions on a Friday night, which was basically women's drinks. Oh, okay. Um, and I guess the thing to for, to note is that um, I, I had access to the history of the, the the Canberra community through my then second partner, which was sort of. Um, my first partner, we were in together for two and a half years. Yeah. But my second partner was a lot older than me, was 17 years older than me, and had been around in the Canberra community, gay and lesbian community in the 70s, mm-hmm. and used to say that they would, the, the men and women would spend a lot of time together and they'd, you know, get the tennis club, they'd play softball, they yeah, sure. do whatever. So like so time, social outings, that kind of thing. That's right, outings and stuff, and yeah. um, the uh, HIV, AIDS um crisis really changed that so by the yeah. time I was in the community um meeting people and playing soccer for ANU which was the lesbian club so to speak yeah um really there was a great separation that the men and women maybe there were some older more private groups that mixed but mm. there was not any really visible uh gay and lesbian community it was a gay community and it was a lesbian community and yeah, sure. people would either to be in book clubs or tennis clubs or bear clubs or you know, lesbian, feminist reading groups or whatever. But um, there wasn't, I wouldn't wouldn't say from my experience that there was a cohesive community in Canberra. Mm -hmm. And probably my, as I said, when the choir, I mean, that choir started in 1993 and I was there pretty well after their first year. Yeah. That that to me was when, um, from my perspective and my experience, the Canberra community started to come back together. Okay. And and I think that was you know a really significant thing for us, and I'm sure other people had different experiences. But as I said, mm. I wouldn't have met um, any gay men had mm. I not been in the choir. Okay. And then I probably in the last I don't know five to ten years you're asking about. Yep. This is again where the community is very very different because when I came out there wasn't transgender a visible mm. transgender community. Sure. Um, there were small pockets of very political. Uh, Lesbian separatist feminist who would call themselves queer, but it okay. wasn't. It wasn't a term that many of us felt comfortable with, no, and, it it and probably from term. our experiences, still don't feel comfortable with that word. Sure. And certainly, there, there was no visibility of the intersex community, no, and not. then the um, the gender diverse and you know the non-binary. Mm. Um, asexual, all of those things that have, I guess,
0: extended that collection of of letters over the years. Mm -hmm. They just weren't visible when I came out. So how do you feel? So say now, um, now that you've got the trans and you've got the um, uh, Mm -hmm. non-binary, I don't really want to offend anyone by saying anything else, but um, do you feel like it's more inclusive now compared to what it was about 10 years ago?
1: Uh, I think... I. I feel that I'm more inclusive, I think, because I've, particularly with the journey that the choir's gone on in the last few years about what is a name that uh, enables everybody in what is generally called our community to feel welcome, I think that's been quite an incredible journey because for some of us, we never thought about those things. It didn't, you know, it didn't really resonate with us. Um, I, I grew up in a Catholic family, went to a Catholic school and there was men and there was women and there was nothing in between. Um, Mm. and certainly in the early days of the community, you didn't think about that. So I'd say that from my experience, it is, there's much more awareness around it. And for me personally, while I can't say that I Understand it all, and I'm still on that journey to understand. I feel like I can ask questions of people now that maybe I wouldn't have asked before, and that they know it's not about me trying to pry, but it's actually about me trying to understand. So yeah. I think the I think the choir community, which is the visible part of the community that I'm involved in, mm-hmm. um, has really become um, I don't know is the term less uptight is the term yeah. less um, stereotyped or less worried about, like, well, we still are. worry about labels, which is why we've got the LGBTQIA+. Yeah, sure. But it, I think it's more about saying, well, you know what, it actually doesn't, in some some respects it doesn't matter. What matters is that mm-hmm. you're comfortable with yourself. What's, what matters is that people allow you to be yourself, and accept you, and so long as oh. you're being good to yourself and to other people, then... Whatever sexuality or gender identification you have, that Mm. actually isn't the issue. The issue is who you are as a person and it's about your own integrity and your own sense of self and being able to access a community who has that same attitude. Yeah, definitely.
0: That's really interesting to know because obviously I grew up in the 90s um, and so before I came out I didn't realise there was this whole community of people, you know, I hadn't really... Been involved in the, in the physical part of the community up until now, um, mm. and that's something I wish I probably should have done. Maybe I don't know five or six years ago, but I didn't know any of that existed up until now. So that's interesting to get your perspective on that, I guess.
1: Well, it's a it's a very long journey, and then and because my first two partners were um, substantially older than me. One was 13 years older and one was 17 years older. Um, I guess that gave me access to older people who had stories to tell about a time going back to before I was even born. And so their perspective of, of, particularly for so many of them, they had to be very closeted. So their circle Mm. of friends was very carefully chosen and very, very, very discreet. And, you know, Things yeah. have has obviously changed over time now sure. to the point where, you know, like for many years I didn't really have a close relationship with my parents because, you know, I had them stereotyped as thinking a certain way. And let's face it, the mm-hmm. way that I was out was pretty brutal for them.
0: Yeah, um,
1: but of course, you know, as I finally put pieces together, well, my father had had a gay brother,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and suspected there are probably. When I look at the history of the family, there are probably yeah. gays and lesbians dotted throughout my family,
0: yeah, and
1: realised that I, I, I stereotyped my family mm-hmm. and think just assuming that they would never change their view, and in fact they did, yeah. and in fact, um, you know, they love my partner as 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 a daughter, as my mother said before she died, mm-hmm. and you know, my father voted yes in the marriage equality, which I didn't think he would do. So I think it's actually an important thing for all of us to remember just as we in our own community are open to new ideas and change as as we get older, we also have to remember that people in the heterosexual community have to go on their own journey. Some will make it and some will never change, but sometimes change comes in the most surprising of places. And we need to show that patience and that that openness so that they can become true friends and
0: allies in our community. Yeah, sure. That's really interesting to know. Um, So let's go back into the music. So you've been doing it for quite some time. Mm. Um, Let's talk about your idols. Who are the main, like, does anyone stand out to you in terms of, uh, I don't know, musicians, artists, anyone in particular that stood out to you when you were growing up? Oh, well, <laughs> funnily enough, because both of my um, grandmothers
1: played piano, mm-hmm. my mother's mother was very creative with the piano and sort of liked to play uh, boogie-woody and jazz and all that sort of stuff. Okay. And so I used to go to her house and get out her 78 records and the same with <laughs> really? my other, my dad's mum. And I grew up with Liberace and Winifred Atwell. Oh, okay. So, you know, maybe I should have read the sign then when I thought Liberace was good value. But So (laughs) in in terms of my love of piano, which Mm -hmm. I, you know, can barely play to save myself, um, that was the music. And, you know, we used to listen to classical music as well, but classical music, jazz. So I think probably I didn't necessarily have one or two particular people because I was exposed to such a a diversity of music. I think when I started to get older and certainly – well, I mean, I taught myself guitar when I was at school because I think I was secretly in love with the female religious teacher, religion teacher, <laughs> and I wanted to play it in church with her. Oh, like um, so that was, you know, I, you know, a bit dumb. I didn't have words for it back mm-hmm. then, but um, uh, once <laughs> I learned how to play the guitar and then I carried that through as so I left school, yeah. probably um, for, former um, influencing my sort of music writing would be the Indigo Girls okay. and also um, Simon and Garfunkel because
0: really that's also what I grew Oh, up yeah, in. true. Yeah. Okay, that's really interesting, yeah. Um, so you've got quite a wide variety, i say, of music tastes. Um, eclectic, I think, is the word they yeah, use, <laughs> Um So let's talk, uh, just seeing where we can go from there. Uh, with knowing what you do now, have you got any advice for someone who's possibly going in your similar situation? Uh, what advice would you have to them or, say, your younger self?
1: um gosh that's always a hard one isn't it yeah um i think the the advice and i think this is probably maybe something that's more accessible these days is find someone you can talk to Mm -hmm. find someone you can trust and ask questions
0: yeah
1: and and i guess also probably the big thing is is be gentle with yourself Mm -hmm. be kind to yourself you know, some people go on journeys for their whole life and they never, ever reach the end, that mm-hmm. I didn't have to wait till I was 60 to work it out, you know, pretty yeah. happy about that. But even when you work out, even when you think you've worked out who you are and what you want to be and what that means in terms of your place in the LGBTQI community or broader community, mm-hmm. um, things, are, things are never simple yeah. and it's, it's okay to change perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think don't don't ever have hard and fast rules about what you think of particular groups or communities.
0: Yeah.
1: Be be open to learn and and be gentle with yourself and be gentle with the people around you.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's really important to point out is that you know we're all going through a you know an individual journey, and it's really up to us and how we see ourselves and how we choose to be. And you know you can't really expect them to be one way or the other. And I think that, you know, given the whole um, plebiscite, the same-sex marriage debate, that was a whole palaver in itself. Um, But it's good that now we've got these, uh, you know, community groups and all these, um, you know, organisations that are willing to help the community. And I think that's a great thing. I wish I would have known about that earlier on. Obviously, we can't pick and choose how we choose to come out as you said given your example um so that's really interesting to know um so coming from the plebiscite how do you feel that you know how do you feel from that whole situation like what was your thought process
1: Uh, i I think that it's for me not been about whether or not i will get married it's more about Having, it's for me that the argument has always been about equality under the law. It's mm-hmm. about having the right to choose. And so I would say to people, it's not about whether or not my partner and I would get married. We've been together for nearly 28 years. It kind of don't need to because yeah. I think we know that it's an important relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it's not, it, for me, it's just, I want to know that I am equal under the law. That's, yeah, that's it and that it's worth having, you know, that there was a point in having the conversation and I think that was the really hard thing in the ACT because we went through this conversation twice before we got to the the uh, national yeah. website and, yeah, um, yeah it, it I, I was surprised at how uh, emotional I got over the, um, the whole stuff around marriage equality and, again, for yeah. me it was that thing about I have. A, I pay my taxes, I contribute to my community, mm-hmm. I do my best to treat people with respect, mm-hmm. so why won't the rest of the community respect my right to be equal? Yeah. And so that... I was when the uh, the result of the plebiscite was uh, announced. Mm -hmm. I was actually up in Sydney at a training course with a bunch of strangers, and so we. And I said, you know, can we stop for morning tea so we can watch? Because there was a a, a TV there at the um, the the venue in the sort of lunch space. Yeah. And I cried. Yeah. I just sat there and cried and I got so stressed waiting for David Kalish to announce the results. It was like, oh, stop, stop all this preamble, just do it. <laughs> and so I was sitting there getting really kind of quite distraught
0: right up, thinking, yeah.
1: to my, thinking to myself, I I can't believe how emotional this is. I know. And I think that's when I realised that it meant much more to me than I had, I guess, you know, understood previously. Mm. And being in a room full of strangers where there were these people who had known me for one day Mm -hmm. were standing there, you know, hugging me and saying this is great. Yeah. And then they all went off to the, you know, they all went off to the the party in Sydney afterwards and and, um, someone left a little post-it note on my desk when we went back in saying, you know, I'm so happy for you. Now, (laughs) getting that from strangers was was uh, really quite amazing. I mean, right. I was quite jealous that I didn't get to go down the Lonsdale Street with everyone and party mm. into the small hours. Correct. My partner I got dragged <laughs> down by two straight friends going, you can't not go. And she yeah. went, well, why would I? W-? It's all right. And I'm going, no, 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 you are coming with us because this is a moment of history. Yeah, definitely. And I think remembering that, that, We've all been here for a moment of history and we've all contributed to it and particularly yeah. in the way that our community galvanised over the last few years to say we're not going to go away this time mm-hmm. and it still hurts that there's a third of the community who don't believe we should be equal. Yeah. But I think, you know, we we fell into the trap of trying to make an argument just about marriage and we forgot to remind people it's, you know, mm-hmm. this is not about, you know, this is the secular marriage, it's not the sacred marriage. Commitment split the two off. This is about equality under the law and that we have Mm -hmm. now achieved. That is great What we now have to do is spend some more time supporting the uh, transgender and intersex uh, parts of our community Mm -hmm. Who do not have anywhere near the same equality under the law that gay and lesbian people now have and so Mm -hmm. now it's our turn as I guess the bigger part of the community To be working out what do we do to make sure that the fight for equality hasn't finished, that we keep
0: going, and that we keep bringing the broader community with us on that journey. You know, supporting everyone else is, I think, part of the main thing. As you know, as the LGBT community, um, like I've got a friend, for instance, uh, he's bisexual. Um, I don't want to mention his name, but he's he's feeling quite unsettled as he feels like there's not enough uh, open communication in terms of you know bisexuality um, mm. and he feels a bit upset that there's not as much involvement in you know bisexual as there is um more so lesbian and gay people i guess so i mean i guess there are two elements to that martin one is what
1: are the people within that section of the community doing for themselves and how do we support them because it shouldn't be about the gay and lesbian part of the community saying right we've now decided you're going to be our crusade it's more yeah. about so what is it that you need, Dan? I mean, that's what the choir's done for the last three years. What is it that we need to do mm-hmm. to show respect and acceptance for other parts of the community that we may not understand all that well? Yeah. But I think I think an interesting thing about this is that when the choir first had big conversations about having a constitution and all that sort of stuff,
0: mm-hmm.
1: one of the issues was, you know, the conversations was about well really isn't our end goal to get to the point where we don't need to call ourselves the gay and lesbian quiet because we have that, we, we have that equality uh, mm. in the community and that a label doesn't matter. And so oh. isn't it interesting that even in our own community, we're so desperate to have labels, mm. yet our whole goal is to not need
0: them. Yeah, definitely. And so I, I think
1: that's a, I think that, that, that could be a really good
0: um, sort of topic for your next podcast. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm still sort of... I'm still quite new, so I'm still sort of getting through the process of how to manage it. But I feel like that went quite well. Um, do you have anything else that you'd like to add before we sign
1: off? Um, I think the only thing that I've got to add is, yeah, people shouldn't be afraid to tell their yeah. stories. And it's it's hard when you're young probably and you're still going through that journey. But if you're in that point of still trying to work it out, make mm-hmm. sure you talk to people. Yeah. And music, I think, is a an amazing it's a, a, an incredibly powerful tool to bring people together. It's a it's yeah. a it can be a gentle or a confrontational way of giving a message out. And yeah. I think singing is good for the soul, and it has been a fundamental part of me being part of the Canberra LGBTQI community. So yeah, sure. you know, get in, get find find your local LGBTQI choir and yep. get
0: in there. Yeah, well, I was going to say that's the reason why I joined uh, sort of towards the end of last year is because I just went through a phase of being quite uh, on my own and sort of, I wouldn't say isolated. I just kind of shut myself down because I was feeling quite bad about myself last year. Like my best friend moved to Melbourne. Um, I mean, I'm pretty much out of work for the last, I don't know, year and a bit. Um Ooh. So, you know, I was feeling quite a bit down about myself and I joined the choir because I love music and I'd like to be a singer eventually. Um, but I just haven't got that confidence, you know, to fully, you know, be a singer on my own yet. So I'm working on that. So, um, yeah. Well,
1: I mean, that's that's the great thing. Like I said, you know, you can just sit there and sing and you don't necessarily have to talk <laughs> to people until you feel more comfortable. But, um, you know, the choir has, has always had a very strong commitment to being supportive of, of you know, people from every part of the community, of every age and of every political persuasion, and it's mm-hmm. a place where you can just be. And I think, you know, if everybody had a place in their lives, yep. regardless of how they identify where they could just be, mm-hmm. then maybe we'd have a
0: happier world. Yeah. I mean, that's a tricky one to... Oh, that's, that's too big for this uh, <laughs> podcast, I think, Martin. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Well, that's a beautiful message and I think that's a beautiful um, prospect to end on. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and taking time out of your day. I know you're really busy. Um, if people would like to uh, get in touch with you, where, they, where can they find you? Where can they find me? They can find me every Thursday at Lynham High School yep. as we do choir rehearsal. Come yep, on. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Karen. Uh, My I'll pleasure. I'll edit this podcast and I'll let, I'll let you know when it's available to download. So thank you so much once again not a problem you take care martin bye bye. bye bye so i'll leave this episode here if you have any comments questions or constructive feedback you can leave them directly at speak up please podcast on instagram and through facebook just search speak up please podcast and if you would like to you can leave a review directly on the apple Podcasts app just search speak up please podcast and i'll get back to you as soon as i can thank you so much for listening